Today we're looking at perhaps the most discussed disciple. Let's get started. Welcome to the God's Peculiar People podcast, where we learn about the lives and characteristics of God's people. Perhaps the most discussed disciple of all time. I'm sure that almost anyone who has ever attended to church on a regular basis would have heard a message on Peter. But who was Peter? He's referred to in the Bible as Simon, Simon Peter, and Cephas. Those are his names, but what do we know about Peter, his life, and his character? I'm going to try to answer those questions. Uh, I'll be honest, my thoughts are a little scattered and jumbled, so hopefully this makes sense. But uh, I just had so many thoughts, like, what direction to go with this? What to talk about about Peter? Uh, There's just so many things to talk about uh, Peter's life and what he said during Jesus' ministry and his interaction with Jesus. And I don't have enough time to make uh, a pod, one podcast, singular podcast about that. So this is as quick of an overview as possible. And perhaps in the future, we'll dive in a little bit deeper to look at each of the circumstances of Peter's interaction with Jesus, each instance where something takes place. But this is an overview, a very wide, broad overview. So let's get started with some facts about Peter. Um, an interesting fact that we don't really think about generally in connection with Jesus and his disciples is that Peter had a home. Matthew, Mark, and Luke each recount the time that Jesus visited Peter's home. We know that he was married. This is the only disciple, I believe, perhaps other than Matthew, that we know for certain. Kind of maybe assumed with Matthew, but we're certain that he was married. Written account that he was. In the same accounts, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, we see that Jesus heals Peter's mother-in-law, thus showing us that Peter was married. Uh, We don't read of any children for Peter, or in fact for any of the other disciples, but we know that he had a home, a wife, a mother-in-law, and a job. His job. He was a fisherman. This is probably one of the most well-known facts about Peter. He worked with Andrew, his brother, fishing on the Sea of Galilee. Now, for a moment, let's consider what fishing was like, or would have potentially been like during Peter's lifetime. And this is from information that I gathered. Many people today think of fishing as a leisurely activity on weekends or holidays. But commercial fishing then and now is quite labor-intensive. Fishermen use nets as well as baskets, spears, hooks, and lines to catch the mushed bing, among other species common to the Sea of Galilee. They would have been hardworking men. Fish was the food of the common people, so the demand for fish was very high. Fishermen usually cast their nets at night. Some say it was the best time to catch fish, while others say they fish at night to avoid the heat of the day. So either way, whether it's to avoid heat or to catch the most fish, whatever works. We also have made it so that when you brought the fish in in the morning, it would have been the freshest to sell on market during the day. So, following a night of fishing, fishermen would return to shore, sort their haul, take the best fish to be sold, while also cleaning the boat, repairing nets, and everything else involved in the business. Now, it is likely that Peter's father was a fisherman, as, like, shepherds, fishing was a generational occupation. Now, I have to admit, thinking about Peter as a fisherman seems rather funny, actually, when the Bible describes him as an impulsive and kind of lacking patience, and yet he's a fisherman. Characteristics that seem opposite of what a fisherman would be. It seems like a fisherman would be very calm, very patient, maybe a little bit relaxed, um, but that's not what we really read about Peter. So, regardless, his um, occupation doesn't seem to fit that well with his personality. So how did this hardworking, impulsive fisherman come to follow Christ? How did he even hear about him? Well, in John 1, Andrew, Peter's brother, who we previously discussed, um, I'll link back to that episode in the description because we did that much earlier in the year, 
and so it's been a little while might be good to go back and refresh learn a little bit more about Andrew again be reminded but anyhow Andrew had heard John the Baptist declaration that Jesus was the Lamb of God so Andrew had followed Jesus spending an evening with him the next day the first thing Andrew does is to tell Peter we have found the Messiah then Andrew brought Peter to Jesus it is at this point in John 1 verse 42 that Jesus tells Peter thou art Simon the son of Jonas Thou shalt be called Cephas. At their first meeting, Jesus bestows on Peter a new name, the name of Cephas, which means a stone. But Jesus has not yet called Peter to follow him. This was merely an introductory meeting. Matthew and Mark both share the calling of Andrew and Peter in a simple manner. Jesus is walking by the Sea of Galilee. He sees Peter and Andrew casting their nets, calls to them, saying, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. This is very simple, and it shows Peter and Andrew's faith to leave all and follow Jesus. But Luke shares more of the story. In Luke 5 verses 1 through 11, we read the entire story of how Andrew, and specifically Peter, chose to forsake all to follow Jesus. Let me read this passage. And it came to pass, as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret, and saw two ships standing by the lake. But the fishermen were gone out of them, and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust down a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep, and let down your nets for a draught. But Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night, and we have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and their net brake. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships, so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished, and all that were with him at the draught of the fishes which they had taken. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. All night, Peter, an experienced fisherman, had been casting his nets, yet catching nothing. Jesus comes along, asks to use Peter's boat to speak to the crowd, and then, knowing already of Peter's fruitless toil the night before, instructs Peter to let down his nets, N-E-T-S, multiple nets, for a draft. Peter, tired most likely from his night's labor, explains his fruitless efforts of the previous night to Jesus, but adds, Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net singular. In Peter's mind, it is pointless to expend more effort to catch fish that, to this point, have eluded him. So he offers a compromise. Jesus said to cast in all the nets, but Peter only cast in one. In verses 6 through 7, we read that the multitude of fish caught in that one singular net was so great that the net broke. Peter had assumed his understanding of fishing was greater than Jesus, and only out of respect for Jesus had made a show of dropping one net. But Jesus, God manifest in the flesh, caused so many fish, his creation, to fill the net that it broke. Then, upon filling one boat with fish, called for a second, and both being filled to the point of sinking. It's a lot of fish. Realization hit Peter that he was in the presence of someone different. Peter tells Jesus to depart because he, Peter, is a sinful man. But rather than departing or rebuking Peter for his lack of faith, Jesus says, Fear not, for henceforth thou shalt catch men. Jesus showed his power over creation to Peter and the other fishermen, Andrew, James, and John. And from that point, all followed Jesus. 
As we read each list of apostles and disciples, some of the names change in order. Peter's name always remains first. I was curious how many times the name Peter appears in the Bible. Not that it's super important, but I just, if I see a word, I wouldn't know how many times it's in the Bible. So the total is 156, with 63 being in books, mainly Acts, other than the four Gospels. In the Gospels, Peter's name appears 93 times. Now, we could honestly do a whole series just in the life of Peter, as I mentioned before, but again, we're just going to skim the surface. And another key point in Peter's life is his confession of faith. It can be found in all four Gospels. I'll give you the references. Matthew 16, 30 through 20. Acts 8, 27 through 30. Or it could be 23 through 30. I'm not sure. My handwriting's bad. So either Mark 8, 27 or 23 through 30. One of those. Luke 9, 18 through 21. But we will look at the account from John 6, verses 67 through 71. The lead up to this confession is that Jesus fed the 5,000. He sent the disciples on their way to cross the sea all by themselves. But then in the midst of the storm that arose, he walked to them on the water. Following that, he taught the people that followed him the principle that he was the bread of life. In other words, he spake, some said, this is a hard saying, who can hear it? And many disciples, not these specifically called to follow Jesus, but those who wanted to see what Jesus did and hear what he said, they went back from following him. Jesus then turns to the twelve and says, will ye also go away? To which Peter replies, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life, and we believe and are sure that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. I believe this declaration of Peter's belief is one of the reasons he was the leader of the twelve. Remember that we look at the outward behavior, speech, appearance, education, etc. of, of a person, but God looks at the heart. Jesus knew, just as he knew Judas would betray him, Peter had what it took to lead the disciples. To share the gospel as the disciples transitioned to apostles, who in addition to spreading the gospel to the known world, were also tasked with strengthening and building up the church. If you read carefully in Acts, you will see it is James, known often as James the Less, who is at Jerusalem making decisions regarding the church, while Peter goes out and preaches the gospel. Peter had the faith and backbone to stand up to the Jewish leaders and the king, to proclaim the truth at the frequent risk of his own life. Following Peter's confession of faith, Jesus made this statement in Matthew 16, 17-19. Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Some religious groups have taken this passage to mean that the modern-day church is built on Peter. But that is not the case. The rock the church is built on is Christ himself. Peter said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. That is the foundation. Everything builds off of this truth. To build a church on a man would be foolish. A man or a woman is not to be the focus. Our focus is to be on Christ. He is our rock, our sure foundation. Now, to wrap up talking about Peter for this time, there is much for sake of time that we have not discussed about Peter's life. But as I looked at Peter's life, I realized that there are so many aspects to him and much we can learn from Peter's life. Now to close, church history states that Peter died by crucifixion. It is believed that Peter was in Rome. Whether he traveled there to preach or was taken there as a prisoner it is not clear. It is claimed that Emperor Nero himself ordered Peter's execution as part of his smear campaign on the Christians following the great fire in Rome. 
Tradition records that Peter requested to be crucified upside down, as he did not feel worthy to die in the same manner as Christ. It is believed that he was between 63 and 66 years old when he was crucified, or, as we would say, martyred. As a quick overview of Peter, his occupation, his call to follow Jesus, and his declaration of faith. But we didn't even talk about more of the negative things about Peter's life. Uh, the times where he wants to try to rebuke Jesus. That, that did not, um, just wasn't time to look at that. But I think going forward, I, I would like to make some, some maybe study guides, I suppose, on some of the, the lives of different people in the Bible, and be able to, to make those available to you to be able to study along, learn about some of these people, be able to put more information out there about what the Bible says and what other people kind of say about some of these disciples. So we may look at doing that here in the future. I have lots of great ideas, but only so much time in my hands. So if you would like that, let me know. If you'd like some study guides on some of these people in the Bible, just simple topical sections to start with and verses to kind of direct how to study and learn about them, let me know. We might try to make that happen here in the next few months. We, we won't say weeks, we'll say months. It might take a little while to put that together, but uh, an idea I'd like to do if that is possible. So thank you so much for listening to the God's Peculiar People podcast. If you, ha again, have any questions, comments, would like a study guide on people of the Bible, let me know about that, and we'll see what we can do to make that happen. You can leave me comments or questions on YouTube, Instagram, or the email link in the description. Hope you have a great week, and I'll talk to you next time on the God's Peculiar People podcast.